This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Well, thank you so much, Sid, and thank you all for joining us today for Messianic Vision. I have some great news for you. Miracles are still happening even today. My guest's gripping true story is proof that miracles are happening and that victories are won through God's power. Actually, no matter how many odds are stacked against you, and believe me, the odds were stacked high against him. But God had a wonderful plan for his life, and I've got even more good news for you. God has a wonderful plan for your life, too. So let's meet our guest, Jim Maxim. Hi, Jim. Hi, Donna. It's so great to have you with us today. We've been looking forward to it. And for some of our listeners and uh, viewers, once you're on the television program with Sid, you are a new guest for us. So I'm so excited that everybody's going to be able to meet you uh, and to hear your testimony and to hear where God has taken you today. You wrote a book actually about your testimony called Face to Face with God and then a couple of other books that accompany that. Why did you write these books? Well, Donna, I live to share the story of Jesus Christ with somebody every day. The prayer that burns in my soul every day before Almighty God is, Father, please use me today to make faith come alive in somebody's heart somewhere. And Donna, if by my story, if by the story of God touching somebody that was so far out of the norm of life, just at the edge of death, if that story can make faith come alive in somebody that is at the end of their life, drugs, alcohol, bondage of any kind, or perhaps a parent that has a child that is in that situation. If this story can be used to bring Almighty God glory and bring somebody into his presence, then Donna, I want to do as much of that as I possibly can. That's the motivation of the books. Yes, yes, and I I know that it has many, many times over the years that you have shared it, and we expect that to actually happen today right here on this podcast today. So let, let me ask you this, Jim, before we even get into your story, in your own words, if you had to describe your mom, how would you describe her? Well, her name was Isabel. She was about five foot two. She married my father, who was six four, two eighty five. And <laughs> we had eight kids in our family. And um, we have five out of eight of us became alcoholics. But my mother, as a young girl, gave her life to Christ and uh, served Christ for a number of years and met my father in college. And uh, she just kind of fell away from the Lord after they got married. And uh, he was Catholic. And she was, uh, a, you know, I guess a independent Baptist or whatever. But she had a relationship with God that was genuine and real. And um, when she married my father, she kind of fell away and her faith really took a back seat. And, um, but then with the eight kids uh, and uh, my father becoming an alcoholic, my mother really had rededicated her life to Christ because of all the dysfunction in our home. Our home was repossessed as a young kid, and uh, alcohol was just a rampant source in our home, just bringing nothing but destruction and chaos and fear and doubt and unbelief, just what alcohol does. And When that happened in our home, something changed in my mother. She had rededicated her life to this God that she knew. We didn't know him. We had never read the Bible or been to a prayer meeting or any type of service where God was really elevated like that. But something changed in her. And we could hear her back in her bedroom so many times just praying to this God, just worshiping this God, telling us that one day we were going to serve this God that she knows, always sharing this story about this Jesus Christ that seemed to be real to her. So for my mother... This relationship that she had with this God, it was so real, so tangible. And we didn't mind because mom could be mom. We just thought she was a little kooky. But <laughs> for her, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't something abstract. For her, it was a real relationship with this, with this God. So even though she was 5'2", in the spirit realm, she was a giant, huh? <laughs> 
Oh, Donna, that's a great way to describe it. She really <laughs> understood the weapons that God gave her to be successful in life. She really believed that the weapons of her warfare weren't natural, man-made, or carnal, but were divine weapons for the pulling down of demonic strongholds. She really believed this quote-unquote shield of faith could quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. She really believed in the supernatural presence of an almighty God that would mm. invade anything. She really believed that there were no barriers to prayer. There were no walls that could stop prayer. There were no prisons that could stop prayer, no bars. There yes. was nothing yes. that could stop prayer. She yes. believed that, Donna. Well, you know, I, I'm sure everybody listening knows that we haven't even gotten into your story yet, but I felt that it was so important to talk about this first because for every single mother out there that is praying for a prodigal, for somebody in your family, whatever the reason that you are praying for them, be encouraged, listen to this story and understand how powerful your prayers are and what a difference they can make. Wow, she she sounds like an amazing mom. But let's let's start here with you, Jim. I know as you became a teenager and you started hanging out with your friends and you'd already experienced much dysfunction in your home. Tell us about your life, Jim, as far as what was happening with you. Well, Donna, as a young guy who was uh had a father that was an alcoholic with eight kids in the home. I was the middle, I was the fourth child in line, five boys and three girls. Um, you just kind of get lost in the, in the fray of everything. And um, with no guidance, with no mentorship, with seeing the dysfunction and, and uh, just the constant uh, fear of what was going to happen next, you knew that it was going to be chaos somewhere. You just kind of gave up on uh, life as as a, as a normal kid would, you just kind of gave up on ever having the the direction and the the peace. So you just end up with guys that are like yourself, and that that led me to drugs and alcohol. At 15, I started hardcore drugs. I started hallucinogenic drugs, and by the time I was 18, I was a full blown alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I lived uh, to drink. I uh, if I could talk, that meant I could drink. If I could walk, that meant I could drink. I used to drive around myself with a bottle between my legs and just talk to it and say, come on, buddy, let's go have a good time. Wow. Because when life overwhelms you as a kid and you don't have somebody speaking to you and mentoring you, giving you help, you're prey to Satan. Mm. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.24 that Satan has taken them captive at his will. Now, that's amazing. We forget about the supernatural presence of Satan in the church. We forget of why prayer is such a gift from Almighty God. We forget that we live in a supernatural world. Yes, we forget that prayer is the one thing that God said that he wanted to, his, his house to be, that my house shall be called a house of prayer. Mm. I had no concept of that. I had never read the Bible, never been to a prayer meeting, never been to a Christian church as we know it. Yes. So without having any exposure to the Word of God, your prey to Satan. Satan is the God of this world. And we forget that. Mm. We forget his power over the unsaved. Now, over the believer, he has no power. And we'll get into that. Yes, yes, but, for sure. But with the unbeliever, the unbeliever, it can be held captive by him. And that's what we have to understand. You know, Colossians 1.13 says that God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. Acts twenty six eighteen says to open their eyes so that they may turn yes. from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Yes, yes. So the belie- so the believer, the believer has no fear, or c- we don't have to be concerned of any of the power of Satan. But to the unbeliever, what did Jesus say in Matthew twelve? You have to bind the strong man when you go into his house, or else you can't take his goods. Yes, yes. Now, Jim, you said the word captive, the non-believer held captive by the enemy. Tell me about the night of December 27th, 1971, a, a life-changing night for you. Well, Donna, thank you for asking, and thank you for saying, really, uh, bringing my mom up, because this story, <laughs> yeah, I happen to be in it, but it's a story of a woman that knew her God. It's a story of a woman that understood that her God could do anything. 
Yes, I happen to be in it. I'm going to tell you what happened. But, Donna, for all that are listening out there, no matter how bad their situation is, no matter how bad their loved one is, if he's in prison or she's in prison or under drugs or alcohol, whatever it is, the power of prayer can release them from the captivity of Satan. For me, that night, I was at a Christmas party. I got completely drunk, as I normally do. I was so drunk, I couldn't drive home. My friend drove me home, and his girlfriend followed us in, her, in his car. It was about midnight, and he took me home. I worked with him, and he gave me the keys. He said, Max, I'll see you in the morning. I said, yeah, whatever, and I hid on the side of the house until they left. Now, why did I do that? Because I was held captive by Satan, because the voices in my mind told me I could still drink. I could go out and get some more. It was only midnight. The bars were open for a few more hours. So I hid on the side of the house, and they left, and I would go back in my car went back up to the bar and started drinking some more. And then I got in my car to take a ride, and I was at a red light uh, in my town, and I leaned over to change an old 8-track tape player, if you remember what one of those was, <laughs> in my glove box. And <clears throat> as I leaned over to change the tape, one fell on the floor. The light turned green. I bent over to pick it up, and that's the last thing I remember. As I bent over to pick it up, I passed out. I was so drunk. I looked for a brief second. A car was coming at me, and I passed out again. They told me my vehicle went up an embankment, came down, hit a telephone pole, and I flew through the passenger side of the windshield. And after my face and head went through the glass, the way, uh, my shoulders stopped me from going any further, and the weight of my body dragged me back down in across the shattered glass and lacerated my face like a bunch of razor blades. My vehicle, they said, was on a side hill lie, so my face was in the passenger floor compartment. The cops told me later, I don't remember any of this, but they told me that, Maxim, your face was down in the passenger floor compartment. And when I, I'm, a, I'm a big guy, 6'3", 200-some pounds, and so they, they braced themselves to pick me up out of the passenger side of the floor. They said when they put their foot in to brace themselves, the blood actually came up over the top of his shoe. I had lost so much blood. Uh, when I, I guess when I hit the, the dashboard of the windshield, my jaw was cracked. It was a compound fracture. It literally came through my skin. When I fell back in across the jagged glass, the glass had lacerated my face but also went into my eyes. And mm. so they got me to the hospital, and I guess it was about 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the morning now. I can't remember. But they said uh, they looked at each other and said, uh, forget it. It's two ladies dead. I don't remember this, but they said I looked at them and said, no, I'm still with you. They rushed me into the emergency room, and they couldn't find a plastic surgeon at that time of the morning. So a young intern just started pulling shards of glass out of my face and out of my eyes. And after he, uh, I guess, spent quite a time pulling the glass out of my eyes and my face, they started to sew me up. And you can imagine what a young intern would be doing at uh, 2 o'clock in the yes. morning now. Not, certainly not in, the, in a good manner to sew my face up, but just trying to stop the bleeding. Yes. So as, as they were pulling the glass out of my eyes and sewing my face up, they called my mother. And they said, Mrs. Maxim, your son Jim's been in an accident. And uh, she said, well, can I come down in the morning? Because for mom, this was nothing new. Mm. I had just gotten out of jail for minor stuff. And, you know, my life was spiraling out of control. So between myself and my brothers, this was certainly nothing new for her. She had been there to pick me up out of jail before and she said, well, can I come in the morning? And I said, no, ma'am, you don't understand. You need to come now. And she got completely overwhelmed with fear. She realized what they were saying to her, that this was not just an accident. Your son's life could lay in the balance. This young man has completely, completely destroyed his face and the glass in his eyes. Ma'am, you have to get here now. I had a cut in the top of my skull that was very deep. The possibility of brain damage was very real. So my mother, you can imagine a mother. Now my father was drunk, passed out in bed. He couldn't come. So you can imagine a mother coming by herself to the emergency room in a hospital where her kid was laying there on an uh, emergency table. She got there, and they were still, still pulling glass out of my face. And they said, ma'am, your son, the amount of glass in his left eye, we just don't know if he'll ever see again out of that eye. The cut in the top of his skull is very deep. We don't know about the brain damage. We just don't know. He's fallen into a coma right now, and we really don't know what's going on. His heart seems to be fine. He's breathing fine. 
but the lacerations in his head are very, very severe, and we just don't know. They said, you may as well come back in the morning because he's in a coma now, and we'll support him through the night. So you can imagine a mother hearing that from doctors at 2 or 2.30 in the morning, whatever now. A woman that had spent so many hours with this God that she claimed to love and serve, this God that she had had said that had the power to do anything, this God that she used to tell us about, this Jesus Christ. And now, once again, someone else in her family is up against it. It seemed that the God of this world had more power than the God that she served. Jim, I'm a mom. I'm going to just jump in here real quick. I am a mom, and I, I never experienced anything with one of my children to this extent, but I can't even imagine on the way back home your mom's mind must have been flooded. I mean, flooded and overwhelmed with thoughts. And and even the enemy, even the enemy. She had called out your name so many times in prayer. I can't even imagine what she was going through as far as the attacks of the enemy at this point. Well, Donna, you're right on because what she used to tell me, she said, Jimmy, when I got back in the car, she said, I was completely overwhelmed with despair. God, where are you? God, I've cried to you so often. She said Satan was relentless with her that night. Isabel, where is this God of yours now? Tell me about this all-powerful Jesus Christ you claim to serve. Where is he at, Isabel? It seems like I've got more power than your God. You Mm. spend this time in prayer? It's a joke, Isabel. This Jesus Christ, this God, this Holy Spirit you claim to serve, where is he at, Isabel? I'm laughing at you. I'm mocking you. I'm mocking your God. Where is he at, Isabel? She said, Jimmy, he was so relentless with me. And when I I got home, I just fell on my knees, and I was just crying out to God, Jimmy, just crying out to him, Jesus, please don't let him be blind. Jesus, please touch my son. Jesus, please, when's it going to end? Jesus, please show up, touch him in that hospital bed. Please, Jesus, do something. Hmm. She said, Donna, she said it was then, Jimmy, that the Holy Spirit came alongside of me and started to strengthen me and said to me, Isabel, that's enough now. Isabel, that's enough. Begin to praise God, Isabel. Begin to praise God. Begin to praise him and thank him. Begin to exalt his name. Begin to honor him. Don't don't insult him with fear and doubt and unbelief. Isabel, praise God. Donna, she said as she tried to start to praise God, it was hard at first, but the Holy Spirit began to help her and to help her and to help her. And the more she praised, the stronger she got. The more she praised, The more she quoted the scriptures out loud, the more faith came alive in her heart. The more she worshiped Jesus Christ and confessed his holy name, the more she worshiped Almighty God, the more she brought down the demonic spirits against me, the more she quoted those scriptures, faith began to rise within her and rise within her. And she began to praise him and to worship him and to praise him and to worship him. But what she didn't know, Donna, was at that time I was falling through darkness. And it was as real as this phone call right now. As she was home worshiping God and praising God, I was falling through darkness. Now, Donna, you got to remember, I had never been to a prayer meeting or read the Bible. Enough. I had no concept of wicked spirits in high places. I did not know about the shield of faith and the power of Satan. But as I was falling through darkness, I was scared. I'm a big guy, and I could fight my way out of most situations. But, Donna, this time, it was out of my control. This time, I knew I had gone one step too far. Wherever I was, I knew it was not meant for mankind. And as I was falling through darkness, Don, I reached out my arms on both sides to stop the fall, to perhaps grab a railing or something, something that would stop this fall, because I didn't know where I was going, and I was scared. As she was home interceding for me, as I was falling, my fall began to slow down, and I stopped the fall. And as I stopped, I looked on my left-hand side, and I had seen... I looked at these two creatures that were standing next to me. I had never seen demons before, demonic forces, the power of the underworld. I had never seen that stuff. When I did some hallucinogenic drugs, I saw stuff that was similar, but not this. These were two creatures standing there. I did not know that those were the demons that were living in me. I did not know that they had come to claim their property. Mm. The Bible says, give no place to the devil. Well, I certainly gave every place to the devil. The power of demonic possession is absolutely real. 
When you see a heroin addict or a crack addict trying to get off of drugs and you see them shaking and, and, and just just uncontrollably shaking with the uh, DTs from alcoholism or the drugs, whatever it is, when you see them trying to get off of the drugs, that's what it is. The demonic forces have taken their life so powerfully. Yes, it has to do with physical addiction and emotional addiction and mental. It's all part of that. Yes. But the spiritual component is so powerful. And Donna, as I looked at these two demons that were standing there, I knew they were going to do something to hurt me. The pull, from it was like a magnetic pull. They wanted to take me behind this wall. Whatever was behind them, they wanted to take me back there. Was it hell? Was it the abyss? Was it Sheol? I don't know, but they wanted to take me there. And Donna, I knew that there was nothing I could do. I couldn't get a knife, a gun, or a club. It was out of my control. I was in the spiritual underworld as my mother was home interceding for me, crying my name out before Almighty God. And Donna, it was then, in the depth of my despair, when I had over 300 stitches in my face lying in a pool of my own blood, it was then that Jesus Christ came to me. It was then that I saw the Son of the Most High God walk right to me. It was then that I saw Jesus Christ face to face. And the funny thing, Donna, those two demons froze in their tracks. The funny thing was they knew who this guy was. The funny thing was they knew something about him that I didn't. I had been in street fights before, and I knew what it was to have friends show up at the right time. Oh, thank God for that. And I knew that this Jesus Christ was coming to me at the right time. What he didn't say to me is what shocked me the most, Donna. He didn't say to me, Jim, why should I help you now? You've mocked my people. You've mocked my word. You've mocked me. You've mocked your mother. Why should I help you now? The lifestyle choices that you've made have put you in this position. So why don't you just try to deal with it yourself? Quite the opposite, Donna. When Jesus came to me, he looked at me. And Donna, it was like a liquid sea of love. The moment I looked into his face, I could sense this overpowering love begin to come to me. And the essence of my discussion with him, not word for word, but it was, it was the essence. Everything he was saying to me was coming to me, overwhelming. And, it's, and basically what he said was, Jim, you've been playing around long enough. Do you want to continue? And I said, Jesus, I don't. But what do I have to do? I prayed that prayer in jail. Get me out of this jam and I'll go straight. Well, that didn't work. Here I am again. Jesus, what do I got to do? I can't get this monkey off my back. You know what I've done. You know where I've been. You know what I'm feeling. You know the thoughts in my mind. Jesus, what do I have to do? And Donna, he looked at me. And he said to me with loving, kind, affectionate, compassionate words, he said to me, Jim, if you ask me to cleanse you and forgive you, I will. He said, Jim, if you ask me to come into your life, I will. I'll be your best friend, Jim. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But, Jim, you have to ask me. I will not barge my way into your life. I will love you and give you the power over the drugs and the alcohol, but you have to ask. And, Donna, if there's anybody out there today that has never asked Jesus Christ into their life, if you're listening today and the power of Satan has been overpowering you, the drugs, the alcohol, the addictions to pornography, or whatever it is, the roadblock that has been stopping you from coming to Jesus Christ, if you're in that situation today and you think it's hopeless, you think that there's absolutely nothing you can do, you've tried it all before, I'll say to you right now, my friend, Jesus Christ is standing there with you right now, just as he was with me. Yes. Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of Almighty God is upon this time for you. This is your time. God has arranged this podcast this time just for you. You can say what I said to Jesus and Donna, what I said to him was, Jesus, please help me. I know I need help. Please help me. Donna, the moment I said, Jesus, please help me, please forgive me. Whatever those demons were, they left on. And this overwhelming power of peace flooded my soul. It was as if Jesus Christ himself invaded every cavity of my body, 
my spirit was overwhelmed with the presence of Almighty God, the purity, the holiness, the kindness, the compassion, the stuff that I needed in my life to set me free. Every single thing that I ever needed just was poured over me like a liquid sea of love. So who's ever listening today, say this prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus, Almighty God, please cleanse me and forgive me. God, I'm crying out to you right now. Yes. God, I'm asking you right now to break this bondage. Jesus Christ, come into my life. Jesus, please invade my soul. Break the power of Satan in my life. Father, in the name of Jesus, wash me in the blood of Christ. Wash me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Please, God, cleanse me as you did, Jim. Father, bless this person or these people right now. Encourage these moms and dads that are praying for their loved ones. Father, in the name of Jesus, please, almighty God, use this time to make faith come alive in their hearts, to reach in to the darkness and grab that child back from the dominions of the darkness. God Almighty, please use this time, God. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for Sid Roth. Thank you for his ministry, God. Thank you, God, for this time. And Donna, I woke up in intensive care with over 300 stitches in my face as I came out of my coma. I was wrapped like a mummy from the top of my head down through my chin. I couldn't open my eyes. I had my arms tied down. I had five tubes in my body feeding me and draining me intravenously. And as I came out of my coma, after I had said this to Christ to cleanse me and forgive me, my mother and father were there. My mother said, Jimmy, when you came out of your coma, what you muttered through your broken jaw was, Mom, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. (laughs) Donna, my mother knew. My mother knew because, Donna, what she used to tell me when she broke out and praised Almighty God, she used to hold her hand out with her index finger stretched. She said, Jimmy, when I began to praise God, I saw his hand, his finger come down and touch your left eye. Mm. And when I saw that, I knew you were going to be okay. I just didn't understand that you were falling through. I didn't know what was going on with you. But I knew that Almighty God had heard my cry. I knew that he was going to do something great. I knew that he was listening to my prayers, no matter what Satan said to me. I knew that God always listens to my prayers. And for your listeners out there, there's only one thing that Satan wants from us as Christians, and that is our intimacy with Almighty God. Don't ever stop going to God. God Almighty hears your cry. He knows what you're going to say before you say it, but you still got to say it. Prayer is just fellowship with him. Prayer is making yourself available to God. Prayer is just being, Moses was God's friend. God wants you to be his friend just like Moses. Come to God. Speak to him. Talk to him. He loves you. He created you. Almighty God wants to give you more of himself. You can have as much of God as you want. The spirit of Almighty God, the Holy Spirit, if you just try if you just make an appointment with God and keep it like Corey Ten Boom used to say. <laughs> That's right. Just make an appointment with God and keep it. You show up in the morning, the power of the Holy Spirit will help you pray, will help you to intercede, will teach you God's presence. Will, yes, some people know the, uh, the acts of God, but other people know the ways of God. Wow. And those people are those that spend time with him. Jim, let me jump in here. My goodness, my goodness, I, 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 I'm astounded. And something that is so fascinating to me is to hear the parallel of what is going on with you in the hospital in a coma and the deep darkness and what is going on. And at the same time, what is going on with your mom when she was fighting in the spirit realm and not giving up and God even showed her a vision of what was happening with you and that he was going to heal you and how he strengthened her as she fought. This little five foot two woman, she fought the enemy for not only your soul, but for your health and for for breaking every single bondage in your life. And what was going on with you there, she didn't know. And what she was doing, you didn't know. But, but God was working in both situations. And the parallel between that and the way you describe it, to me, is, is so, so powerful. And two weeks later, Jim, You came out of the hospital and you said, your mom had said, you know, God showed me this and I knew you weren't going to be blind. I knew you were going to be healed. But what she didn't know was 
that Jesus had healed you completely, not just physically, but spiritually, mentally, delivered you supernaturally. It was complete. The work that he did was complete in the hospital. And two weeks later, you came out completely healed. That is so intriguing to me, that story and the way you tell it and the battle between what Jesus was doing and what the enemy was trying to do. So I am amazed. Let me just say right here, uh, everybody that's listening to this story, I I know you're going to want to hear more. And Jim has written a book about his testimony. It's called Face to Face with God. It is a true story of rebellion and restoration. So we are going to be offering that today for the resource package. He's also going to be including two prayer books. And as you can hear, as he is talking and ministering to you, the power of prayer like you have never heard before. And these are called 21 Days of Deeper Prayer and 21 Days of Breakthrough Prayer. Now, he's also including something that that is so, so powerful. And this is the spoken word. Uh, Two CDs that will include Jim and his friend, Daniel Henderson, leading you through verbally speaking this word out every single one of these prayers. So how powerful is this, Jim, that they not only just read this and not only have it in their head, but also walk through it and speak it out loud? It's a great way to be encouraged, Donna, when, you know, as my mother was so beat up in that car on the way home, when the reason we went into the studio, yes, devotionals are great, 21 days are nice, but when we went into the studio and recorded 21 days of prayer that coincide with each day of devotional, that is God's presence. God's presence filled the studio. And when people hear the prayers and we're praying with them and for them, as they do each day of devotional, it's such an encouragement to anybody to keep their prayer life going, to be strengthened in the inner man. And that's why we did it, Donna. Yes. The, the audio prayers will encourage them and to make faith come alive in their hearts. Yes, yes. So just let me remind you, the package that we're offering today by Jim Maxim is his book, Face to Face with God, A True Story of Rebellion and Restoration, two prayer books, 21 Days of Deeper Prayer and 21 Days of breakthrough prayer. Also, you're going to get these two interactive CDs with Jim and his friend Daniel Henderson, and we are calling it Releasing the Power of Prayer. Now that you get this down inside of you, now we need to release it. So be sure to listen for Sid at the end of the program, and he'll tell you exactly how you can get this today. Honestly, you can use it for yourself, for your family, for your church, for your small group. Just get it. Jim, I want to I want to move a little bit past when you got out of the hospital and this amazing miracle had happened for you and had happened in your life. As as you say in your book, this amazing story, this true story of restoration had just happened. But but God wanted to take you places. He had plans for your life. And you had enlisted in the Marines before the accident happened and you were on your way at the bus station and on a table beside of where you were sitting, you found a very, very powerful book. Tell us about it. Yes, Don. It was, uh, even as I think of it now, it just overwhelms me with God's presence because as a young young kid just coming through this uh, supernatural encounter with God, I had no way of putting words to it. I had no way to describe it. I had never read the verse being born again or having put on the whole armor of God. I did not know that uh, we didn't wrestle against flesh and blood, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. I had no concept of that. Yes. And so as I was sitting there, Donna, I saw this little black book. And here it was a, it had on the front of it, it said Gideon, New Testament and Psalms. Mm. I said, I got time, may as well read it. So I picked it up, and in the front of it, it said, when afraid, when lonely, when leaving home, turn to page such and such. And it was 1972 at this point, and uh, my brother had just come home from Vietnam at 69, and I didn't know whether I was going to go to Vietnam or not, but I was on my way to Paris Island, and 
So I, I reached over and I picked up this little book and it said, turned to page such and such. And it guided me over a verse in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And those were the words, almost the word for word, is what Jesus said. Behold, I stand and knock. But you had to open the door. That's what he said to me. Yes. And I said, okay, I get that. Then it guided me over to Romans ten nine that if you would confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made, resulting in salvation. And I said, okay. And then it guided me over to this guy named Nicodemus that I had never heard of before. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus came to him at night and said, he said, Jesus, what do I got to do? Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, well, how can I enter my mother's womb a second time and come out? He said, no, man, you don't understand. That which is born of the flesh is going to stay flesh, but your spirit has to be born again. And I said, oh, okay, is that what happened? Is that what happened when I asked Jesus Christ to came into my life? Is that what happened when I said, Jesus, please forgive me? Is that what happened when I asked Jesus to help me? And yes, so I grabbed that Bible. <laughs> I was weeping like a baby. The power of the Holy Spirit had overcome me as I'm sitting in this bus station. I put that Bible on my chest, and I knew that for the first time in my life, I had a track to run on. I knew that for the first time in my life, I didn't have to wonder anymore how to be in touch with the Almighty God, the one that created the universe, the one that created me. I didn't have to wonder he had given me a book to describe himself to me and all the things of the spirit world. I put that book on my chest and I was weeping and I said, Jesus, please get these words into me, please, Jesus. And Donna, from there, I went to the Marine Corps, I went to Paris Island, South Carolina, and it certainly wasn't Boy Scouts, Donna. <laughs> it was back then when political correctness had no concept of political correctness. So when I got to Paris Island, you got to remember, my face was totally distorted. I had no plastic surgery then. My face was completely distorted, lumps all over my face, red scars still there. I had just had the accident a few months before. As I showed up at Paris Island, drill instructors looked at me and said, Maxim, what happened to your face? Did you try to French kiss a freight train, boy? He said, Maxim, it looks like you went to a hatchet fight and left yours at home, and on and on and on. But, Donna, as I had that little Bible with me, Everywhere I went, I took a little Bible with me. And guys would look at me and say, Maxim, what happened? And I'd tell them, I didn't know it was called, quote, unquote, witnessing. I didn't know it was called sharing your faith. <laughs> I didn't know that's what I was supposed to do. But I knew when they asked me, all I could say to them, man, I was drunk. I got all screwed up, had an accident. Jesus Christ came to me when I was unconscious. He gave me a second chance. Mm. They looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, I don't know. I'm just telling you. I was unconscious. had over 300 stitches in my face. These two demons, whatever they were, were standing there. And this Jesus Christ showed up. And he said to me, hey, do you want me to help you? You've got to ask. Yes. And Dawn, I was, <laughs> I was telling that story rather matter-of-factly. And these guys would look at me. you got to understand, Donna. The guys in the Marine Corps, they aren't necessarily the most gentle of citizens in the United States. These are some pretty rough guys. And so as I'm telling them this story, they're looking at me like, man, whatever happened to you, Maxim, is real. Yeah. They could see it, couldn't they? They could see it, Don. They could, they could see it. They could sense it, Don. And see, Donna, that's when, I, that's when I began to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I had no concept. I had no concept of the Holy Spirit. I did not know anything about him until I got to the book of Acts. I had no concept that Jesus Christ, he said in the gospel, he said, unless I go, he can't come. So it's better for you that I go. For when I go, he can be here and he can be everywhere all at once. So he's your guide, your comforter, your teacher, your ruler. And when I saw that, I said, okay. So Jesus left. It was like a tag team match in a wrestling match. Jesus left and the Holy Spirit jumped in the ring for him. And it was this Holy Spirit I began to develop a relationship with. Yes, I know it's crude. Yes, I understand it's somewhat ignorant. But I had, I had no concept. I had never been to a church where they taught the Word of God. But the Holy Spirit became my teacher. 
the Holy Spirit began to speak with me and walk with me and talk with me in a very real way. The Holy Spirit had engraved the words of God in my brain like I asked. He helped me memorize Scripture. Mm -hmm. I had a personal daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. I invited him in today, and when I, when I started to stray, he'd immediately correct me. He'd immediately chastise me. The, the conviction was immediate. And I realized that I was beginning to be developed and trained and taught and comforted by the Holy Spirit. I knew I was not only in boot camp in the Marines, but I knew I was in boot camp for God Almighty. I did not know I'd ever speak for God. I did not know I'd ever write books. I did not know... We'd have a ministry to pastors worldwide, encouraging pastors and strengthening them. I did not know these books would go around the world. I had no concept of that. But when I submitted myself to the Holy Spirit, when I submitted myself to the power of Almighty God, there's nothing that Almighty God cannot do. Amen. He'll take your life and he'll wring it out with such aroma. (laughs) He'll take your life and infuse you with wisdom and knowledge and understanding. All you've got to do is ask. When you develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's nothing God Almighty won't do for you. Yes, yes. Jim, let me jump in here real quick. Let's fast forward a little bit. I'm sure everyone listening can hear it, just like those Marines that you were witnessing to, and you didn't even know you were witnessing, but I'm sure they can hear it. I'm sure people see it when you talk to them face to face, the 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 power and the anointing that is on your life. So God took you through the Marines, basically learning about him in the trenches and just just leading you and guiding you through the Holy Spirit. When you got out of the Marines, you actually connected with a pastor who led you into the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you started ministering. I want to talk a little bit before we have to go about you discovering the power and the privilege of this thing that had been operating all around you and now was operating through you, prayer, the power and the privilege of prayer. Tell us what you've learned about that. Donna, what I've learned about that is the greatest thing that I will ever do in my life is worship Almighty God. The greatest thing I'll ever do is give God glory. The greatest thing I will ever do is abase myself before God. The greatest thing I will ever do is confess Jesus Christ as the lily of the valley, the prince of peace, the savior of all mankind. The greatest thing I'll ever do is worship the Holy Spirit. That's the greatest thing I'll ever do. Now, from that, God wants me to live my life before men. God, God does these things in our lives so that we can bring him glory. God anoints men and women. God, God could speak out of the clouds if he wanted to. God could, you know, he, he could, he's done that before, but he's not going to do that. He uses people. That's why Sid Roth has been so used of God. Sid has committed his life to God to be a vessel of honor to him. And so what I did, Donna, was I just said to God, I said, God, please help me get to know you. Father, let my life count for you, please. And Donna, the Holy Spirit's job, he is our teacher, our guide, our comforter, and our ruler. So, for example, Donna, in Proverbs 2, this changed my life. Proverbs 2, 1 to 12 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Yes. Donna, God Almighty does not want any secrets between us and him. God wants us to know him in the fullness of the Godhead. God wants us to live victoriously as his children. God wants us to live in close intimacy with him. Prayer, Donna, has Satan, the first one thing that Satan wants is to reduce prayer to some unattractive activity. Mm. He, wants to, he wants to get prayer in your mind as something that is so boring and just so worthless and so empty because prayer, prayer is intimacy with almighty God. 
Jesus said, he that loves me and obeys me, he it is that my father will love, and we will come and make our home with him, make our abode with him. Donna, when you meet a person whose home and abode is with Jesus Christ, they are undeniable because the presence of Almighty God is upon them. Second Corinthians 4 says, the kingdom of God is not a lot of talk, but power. Yes, Paul yes. said, I don't come to you with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but I come in the power and the demonstration of the supernatural presence of God so that your faith will not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of Almighty God. Where is the power? Jim, you have said this is, oh, talk about power. This statement, you said prayer is the single most important practice of a believer's life because of the power that it carries. Whew. Yes, Donna. Yes, well, yes. And, and what about the privilege? Why do you say the privilege of prayer? Explain that. Well, two things come to my mind immediately. Number one, Satan, Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall from lightning like heaven. Now, Satan used to be the number one biggie as far as the angels were concerned. His job was to direct the praise to Almighty God. In fact, so much so that he said, hey, I want some of this. I want, I want some of this praise. I want some of this. And some pride filled his heart, so God had to throw him out of heaven. Now, Satan knows that when we develop a prayer life, we begin to understand that, that Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Yes. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because those people know that they are relying upon the supernatural presence of the Almighty God, not their flesh. Donna, when you look at all the fallen men and women of God these last two or three years, in every single instance, Donna, it happened because they got away from fellowshipping with God every morning. Yes, yes. They, got, they simply got away from close intimacy with God. God never wanted any of that to happen. But Satan slowly, and the, and the desires of their flesh, yes, they gave in. But that happens when you stop fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. I told you before, when I was in the Marines, the Spirit of God would, would chastise me immediately, would convict me immediately. And I wanted that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Donna, we can shun the Holy Spirit. We can stiff arm the presence of God. We can say, God, I don't want that. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to seek you, God. We can be stupid, but yeah. we're going to pay the consequence of that. Yes, yes. It's, it's God's desire that we walk closely and intimately with him. Moses was the friend of God. Yes, yes. I want to be God's friend, Donna. Donna, here's one thing I know for sure. When I get to heaven, I will be overwhelmed with what I see. I know it. I, I know I can't begin to understand what's there. But, Donna, I can say to you this completely, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. When I get to heaven, I will not be amazed with God's presence mm. because I'm experiencing it every day. Yes, yes. Because I need that, Donna. I need him. I cannot serve God in my own strength, Donna. I, there's no good thing in me that's in my flesh. I know the wickedness of Jim Maxim's heart. I know, that I'm, I know what I'm capable of this afternoon. And Donna, I know that it's my intimacy with God. I know that God protects me and shields me. I know the Holy Spirit strengthens me and comes alongside me and speaks to me and and strengthens my spirit and says, Jimmy, no, Jimmy, no, Jimmy, no. And I submit to that. Jim, I love the word that you used. You said it's such a privilege, an awesome privilege, because it allows us to have, and then this is the word you used, access to God. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if anybody else has thought about it like that. But when I read that statement, what an awesome privilege for us to have access to God. Yes, Donna. Donna, you got to remember, God has called me into the business world. I'm a businessman. I'm a Christian, happens to be in business. And Donna, I can say this to anybody listening. You want to understand spirit? Do you want to understand principles of success? Do you want to understand how to make money? Do you want to understand how to be successful in business? 
well, why wouldn't you go to the creator of the universe? He's only God. He's <laughs> 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 only God. He's only God. You know, Proverbs 2 says he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. Do you know what Proverbs 8.12 says in the King James Version? It says, this is going to blow your mind. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Yes. Yes, Donna. Yes. Almighty God. But the Bible says this in Proverbs 2.10, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Yes. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. So when you avail yourself to Almighty God, God says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will I give good things to those who ask me? God's desire, Donna, I'm not, in, I'm not into the quote-unquote prosperity message, the imbalanced part of having God as an uh, errand boy for me. But, Donna, I can say unequivocally that when a man or a woman submits themselves to God and seeks God's face before they seek his hand, God will do anything for you. Yes, yes. I've been, I've been very successful in business, Don. I've enjoyed the fruits of our labor, and, and it's been really, really wonderful. But, Donna, that's not, that, I'm not taking any credit for that. Yes, I have to work hard and plan hard and I hire the best people, and, of course, I'm going to do all the right business things. Of course, I'm going to plan and prepare with my attorneys, my financial experts, and, and of course, I'm going to hire the most talented people. Of course, I'm going to do all that stuff. But... I'm not going to do anything before I bathe it in prayer. I'm not going to do anything. Proverbs 16, 3 and 9 says, Commit your works unto the Lord, and your plans will be established. For the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Absolutely. We only have a few minutes left, but there's a couple things that, that I just really want to touch on and make sure that our listeners hear today before we leave. And Jim, you said that every single day, and you mentioned this a little earlier, make an appointment with God and keep it. But you said that you wake up every morning and you have a daily appointment. Yes, Donna, God comes into my bedroom. And the Holy Spirit just says, good morning, Jim. And if I listen, if I'm not lazy, I get out of bed and I go downstairs and have a meeting with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I have a little globe. There's no magic to this, and, and I just want you to tell you it's, you know, but there, I have a little globe uh, that is on my desk, and there are sometimes, maybe, I don't know, maybe once or twice a year, maybe three times a year, I'll pick up that globe and I'll put it in my hand as I'm interceding for America and uh, perhaps the um, persecuted Christians around the world or my family or whatever. But I hold the world, I hold the globe in my hand. And I'll put a towel on my arm. As I have the towel, the globe in my hand, it reminds me that the earth is just God's footstool. Mm. And so I put a towel over my arm and I say, Father, would you please allow me to wash your feet with my spirit today? I know I can't do it physically and there's no magic to this. Hebrews 5, 7 says this, Don, and this is going to blow your mind. With loud cries and tears, Jesus prayed to his father. And because of his reverence for God, God heard his cry. Yes. Donna, Donna, we've lost the reverence for Almighty God. Mm. We need that reverence. Not, not, not any fear, any wall to go to God. No. Reverence, Donna. Yes. Reverence for His holiness. Remember in the Old Testament how the high priest, only him could go in once a year? Well, just because that wall has been torn down, the very first thing that God did when he accepted the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the very first thing he did when he accepted that sacrifice, was he tore the veil of the temple from top to bottom. Right, yes. Because God did not want man to be separated from him. He did not want a once-a-year relationship. He, wanted, he wants a daily relationship. So, Donna, I take this towel and I put it on my arm and I say, Father, will you please allow me to wash your feet with my spirit today? I know I can't. But, Donna, it just... Reminds me of Hebrews 5 7 with loud cries and tears, Jesus prayed to his Father. And because of his reverence for God, God heard his cry. I want to abase myself before God. I want to humble myself before him because prayer can accomplish more than we'll ever accomplish. And yes. again, remember, Donna, I'm a business guy. I, I plan and prepare and hire. And if 
fire and do all the right advertising, all that stuff. Of course, of course, of course, of course. But I'm not going to do anything until I ask Almighty God to get in the ring with me. I'm not going to do anything until I ask for his anointing, for his blessing, for the wisdom and knowledge and the favor. When you have the favor of Almighty God, look out. Yes. Nothing can stand in your way. Yes. Nothing can stand in your way. And that that is pretty exciting to live our lives that way, correct? Yes. Well, you know what? We've got just a couple minutes left, Jim, and I just, I want people to know kind of what's going on in your life now, your ministry, this, the power that a relationship like yours that you've experienced and that you teach brings. What's happening in your, in your ministry? I know you do prison ministry. I know you minister to people with all kinds of bondage. What's going on? Well, Donna, right now, I'm the chairman of the board of a ministry called Strategic Renewal. And that's what Daniel Henderson and what that ministry is, is that teaches pastors how to have spirit led, scripture fed, worship based prayer meetings that people actually want to attend. Well, Donna, practically and personally, what I've been able to see because of having intimacy with God by having his presence in my life, I've realized and I've learned, I've been walking with God for 50 years now. So I've learned, I've been free now for 50 years this year. Yes. And so Don, I was in a state prison and I was walking up to the microphone and the Holy Spirit said, Jimmy, put your notes away. And I said, okay. Now I've learned to trust God. I got to understand I've been doing this many, many, many years now. When the Holy Spirit said, put your notes away. And I said, okay. I said, I can't wait to see what he's going to do now. <laughs> uh, and the uh, the chaplain of the prison was a friend of mine. And so as I walked up to the pulpit, I just began to pray. There was about 150, 200 guys in the, in the chapel that day, state prison. And uh, I just began to pray. And as I began to pray out loud, I said, you know, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, please allow the Holy Spirit to fall here today. And I said, guys, God is here today. What you did isn't who you are. I said, guys, what you did isn't who you are. You're in prison today because of what you did. And yeah, you got to pay the price. But what you did isn't who you are. If you want to go back to that cell today, a different man, if you want to go back to that day and get rid of the guilt for once and forever, if you want to go back to that cell today and be completely transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ, set free from whatever demonic stronghold in your life. If you want that for yourself today, come forward. God, the Holy Spirit is here to minister to you. And Donna, when I said that, it was like the first one here has a get out of jail free card. (laughs) Guys were running to the altar. They were running. And I knew the spirit of God was so powerful in the room. (laughs) I knew that I had obeyed him, and I said, thank oh God, thank you. And so I looked back at the chaplain, the chaplain looked at me, and we knew that God's power was so present. Mm. And so they all came down to the front. I don't know how many, probably a hundred. And I looked, and I said, sir, please look at me. Look at my eyes, sir. I said, Jesus loves you. Jesus Christ loves you just the way you are, sir. Jesus loves you. I went around, I said that to almost every prisoner. And we prayed, and the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon these men. They they were weeping and crying out to God, thanking Jesus, worshiping Jesus, and hardened criminals, hardened criminals who maybe for the first time in their life felt the love and the power of Almighty God that people are sensing. Even now as I speak, I can sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon this time. Hmm. God was setting them free and ministering to them. And Donna, that same presence has been with me in a boardroom when I've gone in to minister to a, or, or to sell my products to a very wealthy individual. I'm in his office by himself. And I have to learn to obey the Holy Spirit. I may be there. He may think I'm there for his business, but I'm first and foremost there for God's business. Yes. And because I prayed that prayer that, that morning, like I do every day, God, please use me today to make faith come alive in somebody's heart somewhere. And then I look for who that person is. Yes. Donna, I've been in some of the wealthiest men in this country. I've been in their offices. And the Spirit of God began to stir. And I had to put my business stuff to the side and then be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 
So you're saying that this, this, this can pretty much happen anywhere for anybody, whatever your occupation, whatever you do in your life, whatever your day is like, this can happen for anybody that's listening. Is that what you're saying, Jim? Whether you're a businessman or a homemaker or a teacher or a, an Uber driver, wherever you go, whatever you do, you can say, Lord, lead me to the person that you want me to minister to today. Amen. Donna, Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Well, who's it for? What's it for? And do you have those rivers in your life? If you don't, and you're a Christian, and you're, you, you know you'll want to, you know, you know you're sensing God's love and power on this radio time, you know that you want this in your life. Yes. Let's pray. Yes. Can we pray now, Donna? Absolutely. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time. Father, thank you for Sid Roth and his ministry and for making this time available. Father, thank you for every person that's listening to us today. Father, please allow the Holy Spirit to bring them into a deep relationship with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, please allow your presence to fill them wherever they're at. Please, God, permit the Holy Spirit to fall upon them fresh if they're at home, in their car, the office, wherever they are. Father, please, in the holy name of Jesus, allow him, the Holy Spirit, to bring them into such a deep relationship with you. Father, crack open the wells of living water in their life like never before. Please, God, let faith rise in their hearts, God. Let the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit well up within them and upon them and in yes. them and through them. Yes. Use them, Almighty God. Use them every day. Father, don't let anybody go home the same way when they came this morning. But, Father, change them with the power of the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, use them for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Yes, yes. And Jim, I would love for you to pray for every bondage that, that would hold people, every stronghold, to be loosed in Jesus' name before we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says that we can take the shield of faith and quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, against the demon forces of the darkness. So, Father, in agreement with Donna and Sid, and Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree right now by the power of the Holy Spirit Father, we submit ourselves to you, and we worship you and praise you. Almighty God, we magnify you and bless you, Jesus yes. Christ. We exalt you and yes. praise you. We worship you, Jesus, for your blood. We worship you for your love. We worship you for who you are. Holy Spirit, we submit to you right now. We agree we can do nothing apart from you. But Holy Spirit, we're asking you right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, for anybody listening, God, that has any type of bondage, any type of demonic activity against them. Father, your word says we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Yes. Whatever it is, God, whatever bondage, whatever addiction, whatever stronghold, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you right now, God, to break it, to break the bondage, Lord. Break the stronghold, God. Let them sense the power of your love. God, please let them sense the power of your deliverance, God, right now. Please, God, as you came to me, unconscious in intensive care, God, come to them right now. Please, yes. Father. Yes. Father, we reverence you. We adore you. We worship you. We praise you, God. We magnify you. God, set them free. Please, Father, help them reach out to you right now. Please, God, even no matter where they're at, God, the heroin addict, Lord, the crack addict, the alcoholic, God, the sex addict, God, whatever pornography, whatever it is, Father, in the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. deliver them right now. Please, God, and Father, for these prodigals, these moms and dads that are interceding for their loved ones, please, God, let them see prayer and the privilege of prayer like they've never seen it before. Please, God, let faith rise in their hearts as they hear us speak today. Yes. Please, God, help them to pray and to call upon you. Please, God, encourage them. Let them see the answers to their prayers. Please, Father, in the name of Jesus. Whew. Jim, I feel like I've been to church. <laughs> well, well <you> have been. <laughs> we have certainly been in the presence of the Lord today. And I just want to remind everybody of this powerful, powerful resource package that Jim has put together for you today. It's his book, Face to Face with God, A True Story of Rebellion and Restoration. Also, the two prayer books, the powerful, powerful prayer books. One is called 21 Days 
days of deeper prayer and the other 21 days of breakthrough prayer. Now, you're also going to get the, the two interactive CDs that we talked about. This is Jim and his friend Daniel, and they are actually going to talk and walk you through these prayers, speaking them out loud, releasing the power of prayer. So be sure and listen for Sid here in just a moment. He's going to tell you exactly how you can get this for yourself today. Sid? Jim Maxim's gripping true story is proof that miracles do happen and that victories are won through God's power no matter how many odds are against you. And the odds were so stacked against Jim, he was addicted to alcohol, oppressed by demons, and on the edge of death after a violent car accident. No matter what dark times you may face, no matter how the odds are stacked against you, it couldn't be worse than Jim's. Jesus is offering you the same thing he offered Jim, salvation, healing, shalom peace. Don't wait. Call now to get Jim Maxim's book, Face to Face with God, A True Story of Rebellion and Restoration, and then his two powerful prayer books, 21 Days of Deeper Prayer and 21 Days of Breakthrough Prayer. You'll also get two interactive audio CDs where you can join in and pray the prayers out loud with Jim called Releasing the Power of Prayer. Again, that's Jim's book, Face to Face with God, his two powerful prayer books, 21 Days of Deeper Prayer and 21 Days of Breakthrough Prayer, and the two interactive audio CDs called Releasing the Power of Prayer, all for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9772. Once again, that's offer number 9772. 